I'm Jo Chan Yan. And I'm Donna He, and we are two brand designers who met on Instagram and now we are great friends. We can't get enough about nurturing your brand and your mindset when it comes to building a conscious vision led business. We love honest conversations and digging deep into the things that contribute to your path in making a positive impact in the world. Hello and welcome to the Brand Journey Podcast. Hey everybody, how is everyone doing? How are you, Donahue? I'm good. I'm excited to dive into another episode. It's been a while since we recorded. I know. But I'm been, excited. It's been like a month or so, even more, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Today, what are we talking about today? Because this is a super exciting topic for me. Yeah, we're going to talk about <laughs> archetypes. And yes. uh, I would love to hear what I know that you're really focused on archetypes quite a bit on uh, your process. I also have that as part of my process. So I'm excited about what you do and how mm. how you talk about it and all those things. So, Yeah. And part of it is really about helping our listeners also understand like how they can actually apply it in their business as well and how they can yeah. use brand archetypes to embody their brand a little bit more and sort of move mm -hmm. through the personality and all the juicy goodness that comes with <laughs> branding and personalities and get all the feels out there in the world. One of the questions around this topic, so we have a number of little notes here that we're kind of using to guide us along. And one of the things is what is a brand archetype? Because mm -hmm. I don't know if everybody knows what exactly it is. So when I was doing a little bit of Googling just to get the words right, um, I found <laughs> that on Mr. and Mrs. Google's uh, search bar or search <laughs> information, they actually define archetypes as a model or pattern of behavior. So in this case, because we're looking at brand archetypes, it's really about the personality of your brand. So what it generally means is that within the conscious collective, as a human, you will have certain personality traits that come up again and again in the vast majority of people that live on the planet and mm -hmm. that we all share yeah that we all share this is some of the wonderful work that Carl Jung did to uncover exactly what those personality archetypes are or those behaviors and characteristics and today we're going to just explore how that psychological system can actually be applied when it comes to our business because we might have heard of archetypes but did we also know that there are brand archetypes as well that they actually <laughs> that they actually exist and I think this is going to be a wonderful episode so I'm excited to get stuck into it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I think I think too uh this is such an interesting way of looking at your brand You know, because mm -hmm. it takes away that personal bias and it really makes things so much more mm, focused. And uh, also, mm. I think mentally, it helps me to really um, not have to think about uh, how am I supposed to show up, what makes sense for my brand, etc. And also for my clients. Um, so it gives us so much, so much more, um, which we'll talk about here in a second. One mm -hmm. way you can really learn about these brand archetypes is just by doing a simple Google search. 
Uh, if you type in the 12 brand archetypes, I'm sure you'll come up with lots of different websites about brand archetypes. For the most part, they are using the same terminology. There might be some variations in them, but um, yeah, it's pretty much the same. So some of the examples are the North Face as the explorer archetype. You can imagine why. It's a brand that's all about exploration, the outside and adventure. Mm. Apple as a creator, we know why as well. I, when you really start to look at it, it really makes sense. It really makes sense, doesn't it? Oh, and I was just going to say, like, Apple can also, in the past, has also been more of a rebel archetype as well. Yes, yes. Right? Because it was really like sort of David versus Goliath back Mm -hmm. in the sort of early 90s. Um, And so it's trying to be the thing that was a little bit edgy and a little bit cool. Um, So now it's kind of actually shifted in its archetype, which is absolutely fine as well. Like as your Mm -hmm. brand evolves, your archetypes may also evolve as well. Yes, that's a really, really good point. Another example is the outlaw or the rebel. Mm-hmm. A really popular example for that brand archetype is Harley Davidson because mm-hmm. it's all about rebelling and, you know, yeah. the personality of that brand. The magician mm-hmm. we think of as Disney because they're visionary, they're charismatic, imaginative. And they weave magic, you know, like yes. think about going to Disneyland. That whole experience is just like, yes. <gasps> it's magic. So yeah. that makes sense 100% for Disney being like the magician. Interestingly, Hoover is also the magician archetype. And oh, I was really? like trying to, yeah, sometimes when I was going through these examples and doing some research, I was like, it's funny to see how certain <laughs> brands are the archetypes that they are. But then when you mm-hmm. look at Hoover as a vacuum cleaner, it's magic for the household because it's <laughs> a bit of dust and it's just like, boop. Like it's gone, right? And so therefore, again, it's like the magic of a a, a transformation. So magicians tend to be all about transformation. Transformation from one state to another. So from dirty to clean. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I love it. Another example is sage, the sage. This typically you think of like institutions or Mm. like National Geographic or other companies that provide information and knowledge, those kinds of yeah, things. Like news channels and things like that. Universities yeah, BBC, like Harvard, Oxford, Oxford, BBC. Yeah. I think it's really interesting because what you said about Hoover, you wouldn't think about it, but I'm pretty sure I don't really, I'm not really familiar with the brand, like experiencing the, I know the actual <laughs> vacuum cleaner. <laughs> yeah. The brand. But the brand experience, I don't really know what that's like, but I'm sure that you can probably in the copy and messaging and, mm. and ads and marketing, mm-hmm. you can probably get a sense of that magician yes. archetype. Yes. Yeah. When you start to delve into the archetypes, I think the interesting, like almost fun game around that is to be able to spot the archetypes that are present in <laughs> different brands that you come across. And you're almost like, yeah, they're really leaning into this personality yeah. or they're really leaning into this sort of mysterious aura that is like a Chanel brand is all about that intimacy, mm-hmm. um, you know, and creating that romantic atmosphere, which is why they can really lean into the archetypes that they are. Yeah. So I just find it so fun and interesting to to move through this work. Um, and then also to do the same work with 
our clients as well. Because mm-hmm. we talked about before we started recording this episode, we had a bit of a chat about it. And we talked about how archetypes actually have helped us in our business when it comes to working through the branding process with our clients. Because mm-hmm. without archetypes, things can get really, really messy. Because if you ask a client what their brand represents, you get so many different answers. It's almost like you have so many different personalities that are coming through. They are mysterious, but they're funny and they're accessible, but they're also high end and premium. Um, They have like a signature range. So it's like archetypes will help you really define the brand a lot more so that you can really sharpen the tools to see exactly what are the things that are going to work really well for your brand and what are the things that you can kind of leave out that are sort of peripheral that aren't really how people will connect most effectively to it. Yeah, it's definitely a really, really, really good tool to use. Even when you're not working with a designer or a brand strategist or anything like that, doing this exercise on your own can really give you a lot more focus in your brand Mm -hmm. and in your business too, because as a solo business owner, you can embody this personality, this archetype that your brand stands right. for. And as a solo business owner, especially if you're doing like a personal brand, yes, you would probably base this off of your own personality mm. traits, which is fine. But this gives you a really good filter that you can use as you start building content, try to figure out how to serve your clients in a way that will connect with them better, creating mm. a better client experience, and even starting to shape your your visual identity mm. on your own. You could totally do this on your own. Yeah. It just gives you some parameters to really not, like Joe was saying, like not really start exploring all these other different things. There's another episode where we talked about not being sure how to show up around your brand. Mm. Mm-hmm. Remember? And we talked about trying different things and not knowing what your voice is. And I think when you're clear on the archetype, it can really help you figure this out Mm -hmm. so that you're not really, yeah. So you're not really like, am I supposed to be fun and funny and entertaining or Mm. can I be a little bit more laid back? Yeah. It takes away that pressure. Yes. Having to figure this out and gives you some parameters you can follow. Especially some of the work around defining your brand personality and brand voice and brand tone Mm -hmm. um, or tone of voice, the archetypes can definitely help a lot because they are able to help you make those key decisions around what you need to cultivate and embody more. And especially, as you were saying, like with a personal brand, like that is going to be a lot easier for people to be able to connect to. Mm -hmm. If you are your personal brand, there's going to be such a similarity there. But for people who have maybe a Mm product-based business, there is also a need for us to imagine what the personality of that business is going to be like, whether it's a product yeah. or a service-based business. Like its um, own there is going to be a personality. Identity. Yeah, oh, it's going to be its own entity. Yeah. Entity, right? <laughs> um, I, I've been watching the X-Files so much before <laughs> I hear the word entity. I'm like, <laughs> it's just, it's so good. Uh, David Duchovny in like oh the 90s. Gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I haven't watched it in so long. It's so long. It's actually quite uh, silly, some of the episodes. 
cheesy. <laughs> yeah, very cheesy. But I think in terms of archetypes, it would be probably the sage archetype would be one of them because it's all about delving for information. Probably oh, explorer. Yeah, well. I was thinking explorer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> we should do an episode where we can uh uh bring shows and then uh name the archetype yes. for the show yes oh my gosh yes because i do this with like shows automatically and movies and characters oh, as well <laughs> um so the other thing i wanted to add just about like delving further into the archetypes is like exactly what we were saying before that human to human connection so whether mm-hmm. it's really being able to create this intrinsic connection with your audience with your customer and it's really because the basis of the archetypes are coming from this humanist model of what exists in the world so you're more likely to be able to make that connection a lot easily a lot more easily if you lean into these archetypes than if you were sort of all over the place that's another reason to do some more work or like more research into how archetypes can actually help your business and your brand Mm -hmm. I wanted to also share some of the mistakes I guess that I have made when using brand archetypes and I have also seen clients make when using brand archetypes because when I first started researching and learning about it, I was actually really confused because I can kind of grasp the concept. Mm -hmm. Like for me, initially, I understood where the concept was coming from, but I didn't really know how that actually came out in a brand. Yeah. And also how I could actually use that information in my business or in my brand. I think that's the biggest challenge on how to actually use that information. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of information out there to sort of act as kind of guides, which is good. Like there's a lot more work done nowadays. But I think the first mistake around being able to apply the archetype is sometimes I see that people might do a quiz online. Um, And there's lots of archetype quizzes online. Um, And it's the same as like any other personality quiz. Like we take the quiz, we get the result and we're like, oh, we learned that we're the creator archetype, for example. Mm -hmm. And you learn all about the creator archetype and you feel like kind of boxed in because they give you brands like, okay, Crayola is a creator archetype, or you could be like Lego, or you could be like Play-Doh. And you're like, I'm not like that at all. I'm really different to that. And so it can feel limiting to know that you only have one archetype. But that is actually, I find that to be incorrect. (laughs) Ba-bow! And the reason... (laughs) (laughs) The reason why is because I think as complex humans and as complex brands we're probably not just going to have one archetype within us yeah even the example we talked about with apple like apple has the creator archetype they're also the rebel Mm -hmm. archetype in some cases they can be the everyman archetype as well. Nowadays, they're more like everyman. And some of the, you know, if you think about some of the marketing campaigns that they do, it's like, mm. you know, this product is for everybody in every home, you know. Um, and so that kind of shows you that you can actually have, I would say, like 
don't go completely nuts around yeah. having all the archetypes because <laughs> that's going to be too much. But maybe think about what your primary one is. So where do you rate highest in the quiz? Which is your second highest archetype? So that's your secondary archetype. And what's your tertiary archetype? And then you'll have this really interesting mixed or, or blend of various archetypes that you can kind of feel you can kind of explore and play mm-hmm. with. And I think that just gives people more freedom to explore their brand yeah. without that feeling of being boxed in. So yeah. that would be the first mistake. Just go with the one archetype, but mix it up a little bit. It's kind of like brand attributes, right? Like you can't really mm. just choose one word because like you said, mm. we're complex. A good example of this mm. is uh, one of my clients, um, his uh, archetype was, if I remember correctly, was the nurturing, wise explorer. Ooh, and I love yes. that because primarily he's very nurt- He's a coach. So primarily he's mm-hmm. very nurturing. Obviously he's very wise because he's helping people through self-development mm. and growth. Mm, the sage. Yeah. Mm. And the explorer is because he's all about self-discovery and giving people tools Mm. to really bring that into their life so a lot of the things that he talks about are practices and habits and things to to do to help his clients through self-discovery process so you can Mm. think of it like that if he were to just pick the wise then what happens with the explorer and the nurturing part, which is a huge part of being a coach because you're really serving yes. people and you're creating a safe space for people to mm-hmm. show up and, and tell you all, <laughs> all the problems that they're dealing with. That's why they're hiring you as a coach. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, think of it like that. You don't have to have three, but at least at least two, I would say. I wouldn't go more than three yes. for sure because then it gets really confusing. Yes. Yes, I am all the things. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And I think like to add to that, just knowing that he is the nurturer, the wise, a sage and the explorer, it already creates this really unique feeling Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of how he would communicate in the world. Yes. Because he is the nurturer, he would probably provide information in a way that is really calming and supportive and is almost like altruistic, right? There is like this texture behind Mm -hmm. almost getting to know that what his personality, his brand personality, his brand tone of voice is going to be like. But it also gives us a good clue in terms of the things like type of content that would work really well for his brand you know that he would be able to effortlessly express himself in if he was already someone who loves the knowledge he would often as a sage you'd have a desire to share Mm -hmm, the knowledge mm -hmm. with other people and pass it on and the explorer is all about a reminder to go back to your individual sense of self and always find who it is within. So there is a depth to that knowledge. It's not just about facts, but it feels like he's all about that, you know, going deeper with people. Yeah, yeah you like to be able to help them through that. You totally nailed that. The attributes for his brand really embody that it's calming Mm. it's transformational it's grounded and Mm. because of that and because of what you said um and the archetype we created this very nature inspired minimalist soothing brand 
Mm. that feels grounded and feels calming. And one of the biggest things that drove this is feedback that he kept getting from people saying, you know, when we talk to you, when I talk to you, it feels like we're talking to a friend that you trust, like an old friend. Mm. And that really needed to be embodied in the brand because that's Mm -hmm. just his natural how he shows up and how he speaks and everything. And it's interesting because it comes from a very academic way of writing. And his Mm -hmm. biggest struggle was writing in a different way that felt more connected and more not so academic, not so Mm. professional like in that way, still Mm. professional. But so, yeah, if you think of the archetypes as a wise explorer and nurturing person, you think of somebody who's more grounded and more, approachable and friendly but also feeling safe and and calming so yeah you Mm. totally nailed that and that's why I love archetypes yeah yeah, absolutely and I think like on most I think the most that people might delve into when it comes to archetype work is they might find out what their archetype is but they don't actually go that further step to work out well what does this mean about how I actually apply this in my brand or how I apply this in my business and as we've already had a brief discussion about just knowing what that blend is can really guide you know some of those decisions that you're making in terms of like the feeling that you need to cultivate so the Mm -hmm. feeling will obviously have a big impact on the visual language that you would choose for your branding and the textures and the imagery that you would choose. It would also influence the voice that you would have when you actually write your content or like have a blog article. It would also influence, I would say everything, everything, like the full (laughs) customer experience, you know, like nurturing your customer through from beginning to end, from the moment they step on your website to the end of their coaching session with your client, they would feel nurtured. They would feel inspired to explore who Mm -hmm. they are. It's almost like looking at every touch point in your business and asking yourself, well, how can I cultivate this archetype blend? Yeah, that's a good tip. And yeah, if you're able to do that through your business, you're creating a very cohesive, immersive experience that feels genuine, authentic, and connected to your audience. Which brings me to the second mistake, which is another interesting point, talking about audience and your ideal customer, your ideal client. I think a lot of the brand archetype work that is done is kind of us taking the personality of what is my brand archetype or what is my brand personality? But have we thought about the brand archetype of our customer or client? Who are they? Are they also Mm -hmm. sage or are they also a nurturer? Are they the hero, for example? In my process, I like to get my clients to do both. So they do it for their ideal customer and they answer the questions on the behalf of the ideal customer and then mm-hmm. we kind of look to see what those bridging archetypes are sometimes they're really similar especially if it's a personal brand because they're probably connecting to people who are similar to them yeah and generally you will find that a nurturer will typically find more connection with another nurturer it's kind of like like attracts like not really Um, but yeah like attracts like right so like you would find similarities in that and there would be an effortless connection 
On the other hand, sometimes there is also going to be an aspirational aspect to archetypes. So, for example, someone who's the everyman archetype, if I'm a customer, I might secretly have ambitions <laughs> to be the rebel, right? Um, and so, therefore, I would be naturally, I might be naturally attracted to a rebel brand. Um, so, it's just really interesting to see what those connection points are what the mm -hmm. shared archetypes are and maybe what those oppositional archetypes are where is there tension in that relationship and I think mm. that's where there's again like like attracts like in some cases but opposites also attract so it's right yeah, that's true that too. <laughs> <laughs> I love that I love that approach I don't think I've ever thought of it like that um, but it makes sense because you want to obviously serve your clients as they are And that could mean having different archetypes. But I, I think if you're in a place where you've never done this before, I would say just start with the learning what yours are and really practicing that, getting that down and implementing in some of your, your business areas, your brand. And then once you have enough data for who your ideal customers are, and you have a little bit more insight on their psychographics, like their personality, mm. their mindset, all of these things, then you can start to really understand those archetypes for the ideal customer. Mm. So do, I don't think you should do it all at once if, you've, if you're doing this on your own. On your Obviously, own, if yeah. you're working with one of us or with somebody else that does this, um, definitely, I think that would be interesting mm. to discover. Great. And to wrap things up, uh, we would love to actually invite you to take a quiz. We actually have a resource on brand archetypes. So it's a masterclass uh, that I recorded a little while ago. And it also comes with a quiz, not exactly like one of those traditional quizzes, um, but it helps you find your primary, your secondary and your tertiary archetype and sort of guides you through how to actually implement that in your business as well. So if you would like to get this resource for yourself is completely free and we'll leave the link in the show notes otherwise you can hit us up over on my website joechanyan.com and there'll be just look for the free resources link to the brand archetypes to download it so hopefully that Yay. helps you on your journey to exploring and deepening and embodying your archetypes a little yes. bit more yeah go ahead and explore dive deep see how you can uh, implement it. If you ever have any questions, you can always DM us and yeah, enjoy that freebie that Joy is providing. All right. Yay. We'll see you soon. We'll see Bye. you in the next episode. <laughs> Bye.